Welcome to 79 there. Bum -ba -da, we're back. Yeah, I'm sorry for delays, but life. Li life, right. If someone would just pay us lots of money to do this every week, we could On time. totally make <laughs> it happen. So if anyone knows anybody, let us know. In the meantime, all right, we're going to get caught up. And I have a few little things. Um, Christy's got a few things. It looks like she's been up to doing more Hollywood model things. So she's going to tell us all about her latest projects there. And then uh, I went on ride today. Today was our first ride so of the I. year. Well, has it been four <laughs> months since your last ride? I don't think so. How, what temperature was it? 50. Fifty-five. Oh, man, it was 40 when I started. I was freezing. Yeah, like we left, it was 45, but it warmed up. So it was 55, 50. And then when we got home, it was still like 50. So it was like borderline where I didn't need anything heated. So what I had was perfect. I wasn't really cold at all. It was just kind of nice. And yeah, if, if I was riding later into the evening, I, my hands would be freezing. But got home like an hour ago, 40 minutes ago, and the weather is still pretty good. Oh, I have some new gear things I want to mention. Ooh, why don't we go to gear? Because then I have a gear thing, and then we'll troll on to okay. do rides, gear, and then... Okay. Um, so I we met a couple friends in New Hope, which is this adorable little tourist town on the river. It's on the Delaware River, which separates Pennsylvania from New Jersey. And everybody who rides usually stops either in New Hope or across the bridge in Lambertsville, which is the New Jersey side. Nice. So it's New Hope on the Pennsylvania side, Lambertsville. Yeah, we met up for coffee. Um, so cool. that's like a quick, takes you an hour and a half maybe if you take the scenic route to get there. So yeah, like a short ride basically because we left at noon and then came back at you know, 4.45 or whatever. Um, nothing exciting, very scenic, very pretty, but it was so nice to get the bikes out because, yeah, I haven't gone riding since maybe October or I don't remember. It's been a while. So I have a couple photos on my Instagram. Check that out. Um, I also was able to wear a, the newest little accessory in my closet. I bought a transitions lens for my Shoei RF-1200 Mm -hmm. it's really great I really liked it it worked perfectly it, it worked the way it's supposed to work you know it was transitioning light to dark and I couldn't really even tell that it was doing it it was just gradually you know tinting subtle. yeah it's very subtle and but it was overcast the whole day like I don't even mm -hmm. know that we got even a little bit of real sunshine so when it's overcast it's a very light tint which is eh, you know yeah. all you really need um unless I, you're someone who's super light sensitive like me so yeah. i actually have to wear glasses underneath the uh bell version i don't know how showy it looks um it's it's not that dark it didn't get mm -hmm. bright enough for it to get really dark so you just you probably want the dark smoke lens because yeah it'll always be dark yeah that i rode with today because my ray-bans are the skinniest like the aviators are the skinniest sure. um yeah sunglasses i wear yeah. and i left them at work are they so, oh i was like well the bell smoke it is and i'll just you know pop the helmet off and put on regular sunglasses yeah but they they worked well for me i mean i haven't tried them they, it didn't get bright sunny yet so i don't know how dark it'll get but i'll i'm hoping it'll next time i go out it'll be like sunny sunny and see how dark it gets um 
but I, I really liked it. The only downside to it is it's expensive. I think the retail is $150. Um, the Bell one is like 100 120 or something, or something like that. So they're not cheap, but if you want the idea, if you like the idea of the transitions lens, it's pretty cool. Right now, Revzilla is out of stock again. I, we had wow. we had hundreds, and we sold them all. I mean, they're just it's such a popular product. So you can um, you can visit Revzilla and put your email address in in the yellow box, and it'll notify you when they get more inventory. Um, if you're lucky, one of our competitors will have inventory. But I I got one two weeks ago, and I just thought, huh, I should just try one of these out. And when I ordered mine, we had a lot. And in the last couple weeks, gone. Just I just got really wow. lucky. I got really lucky. Like oh, there's none left. But I, yeah, I, I'm really loving it. So I got that. Very excited. I also um, have the opportunity soon. I hope because the weather is actually not that cold right now. It's like 40s. It's not even freezing right now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. it's better than 20s. So uh, yeah, um, which is per That's when I die. Well, <laughs> which is. It's actually perfect weather to try a Ruka suit because Ruka makes really warm, like the ultimate winter suit. If you don't have heated and you want a, the warmest textile riding suit, Rukas are known to be very warm, exceptionally warm because they don't vent very much and they're rock solid. Um, so I'm going to get to try one out. I don't know when it's coming. It's hopefully coming soon before it gets warm. Cause I want to try it out while it's still chilly. Cold weather. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Orbita. So it's hmm. a Ruka Orbita. O-R-B-I-T-A. And, um, of course, Revzilla is a distributor for North America. So if you want to get one, really? you gotta, yep. You gotta wow. go through us. And, um, it's basically a Gore-Tex shell jacket, like a climb, similar to the climb setup, mm -hmm. but with a better, but with actual layers and really warm ones. Um, some of them are outlast lined. I think the one I'm going to try does have an outlast lining and a thermal removable thermal liner. But the men's ones, there's a lot of men's options. The top one even has a destination liner. So it's just a cool outlast fleece coat, which is nice. And um, that way you can wear it as a standalone layer, which is great. But then they have a few other options. So right now it looks like we have two women's Rukas suits on the site and the Orbita is the newest one and I really like it it's it's of all of the ones I've looked at the fit is really nice on the Orbita it's it's more traditional hourglass so it's kind of a broader shoulder um, a slightly smaller waist and then a little definitely room at the at the hips but I'll see I haven't spent a lot of time in it and I haven't actually put on one in my size I put one on that was too big so like Revit then that kind of fit? Um, no, it's different. It's definitely a little different. Ruka uses different armor. They use D3O. Um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's higher level D3O armor than what Klein sure. uses. And it's a different shape. It's really yeah. broad. It's like hmm. really wide compared to the Viper, the uh, Klein Viper D3O. And so the shoulders, in my experience, tend to be very broad. And that was the one thing I did not like about Ruka suits for women because we just don't have broad shoulders like that not not on top um but this one is better it 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 does remind me more of a revit fit but it's not quite the same um so it should be interesting 
um, hopefully I'll have that in a couple weeks, within the next couple weeks, and then can go riding in it. We're not supposed to see snow anytime soon, so I'm hoping it'll just be chilly and wow. I can go test it out. Yeah, because my coworker or my boss, he wears a Ruka suit in the winter and he doesn't need a heated jacket. He's like, it's that warm to wear in the winter. The liner's really warm. That suit is rock solid, so it's just the ultimate winter suit. Are we talking Anthony? What do you mean, Anthony? No. Your boss. I don't know. He's kind of, but not really. My day-to-day huh. boss is Brian. Gotcha. Store. Like the person who tells me what to do is Brian every day. I just go way to the top. No. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, sure, he's the boss, but not my day-to-day boss is Brian. He's our store manager. Speaking of the store, we are hiring like crazy in our store. So if you want to come do what I do, we have several positions listed on our website. So please go to Revzilla and click on the jobs. They will relocate you too, depending um, what kind of experience you have and what you're applying for. So please, please check us out. So that's, yeah, those are the two kind of gear things that I, I had this week. Very excited about. Nice. Um, yeah. So other the last than, time yeah. Ta- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> the last time we talked, I was trying to find a pair of uh, slightly more hip um, hipster denim with Kevlar. <laughs> and just good riding jeans yeah they're hard to find they're not easy yeah and and good riding jeans by my definition would not just have some level of knee protection and granted i like things stretchy because that means that it's a little bit of a better fit right but yep what happens when you're looking at a very thin jean that isn't fully lined in kevlar is that there's a good chance it's not all gonna stay with you if you crash so I was trying to find something in the middle, not so thick a denim, like your thickest pair of jeans that when when they're form fitting, like you can't move or it's too hard to get fitted in right. them because you have to exactly match the cut. Mm-hmm. So I, I the the one that I ended up getting kind of excited about and then totally ended up with a different pair were let's see, I ended up with the Riley from Alpine Star. I had the carry already which are the fuller leg what's the one that we were talking about that's in the middle daisy daisy i asked for the daisy he ended up giving me the riley and it fit perfectly and it was um really nicely contoured to my shape so i was excited about that and the whole reason i was looking for a riding jean was because um ama uh needed stock photography on their cruiser line so basically when you crank into your ama catalog and they have an advertisement about like uh you know these are the 10 brands where you get discounts of and they happen to pop a cruiser photo and above that it could very well be me in the future so i was super excited to say yes to that and but needed something a little more hip then my CDs that are huge, or the Torque Out, is that what they're called? The ladies? Uh, the, Torque D1s, yep. Yeah, Torque the, D1. those are my other pair, the Super Sport Bike ones. And uh, so I ended up squidding with a pair of Doc Martens. But uh, every, my first other, riding boots. every other part of me was uh, thoroughly covered. And actually... Um, covered so well you probably won't even notice because some of the photography i knew wearing all black would be a little bit i wouldn't say distracting because they were looking for gear that just kind of fit in just 
not so much focused on like the gear like magazines are just like oh cool photo um but i had all black on so i brought a flannel but i didn't want to ride in just the flannel because obviously i need to ride in in a protected jacket an armored jacket and an armored jean so because i had the vika leather jacket on underneath which is so um form-fitting I threw the plaid shirt over the top of the Vika. And when I'm riding, you don't even know I'm wearing a jacket underneath. So so when you see someone cruising down the highway in a, in a red flannel shirt in, a, in an AMA ad on a Scout, then that's me. But please note that I have a fully armored jacket underneath that, but you'll never know. It was actually nice, to be honest, because as I realized this morning as well, riding in 40-degree weather... Um, both the Dainese and the Alpine Stars leather jackets that I have fit great, and they have the stretch panels in them. So they're not 100% leather. They're split up with the, the stretchy uh, textile panel, and air gets through that textile panel, which is a good thing in the summertime, but when it's 40 degrees and you're going down the highway, it's not. And so having that flannel over the top of the jacket actually deflected a lot of the wind, so it was great. So at any point, I spent three days with uh, with our friend Fonzie, uh, Moto mm-hmm. Insider, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, three days riding around Borrego Springs and Palm Springs and Palm Desert and and Julian. So that was a lot of fun. And it was a really good way to break up the last couple of months that I've been just cranking on work. So I can't complain there. Getting paid to ride a motorcycle is never a bad day. Yeah, rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Someday I'll get my freewheeling lifestyle back. Had to be 40 or 30 degrees at some point up in the mountains. But we got some really cool shots, so I was kind of stoked about it. Um, Also got to ride the Indian Scout. Hmm. And at first I was kind of uh, on the fence, but didn't realize that the uh, Eagle Rider Rentals was who we used to get the two bikes. Um, because it was a little too last minute for us to reach out to to the manufacturers. And they overinflated the tires so much that on roads, when there are grooves cut in, I couldn't tell whether or not it was the way the bike rode, because literally we entered on a grooved road and we stayed on it for about an hour, and then finally we got hmm. off of that road. I was like, oh, wow, the bike feels so much better now. Hmm. The tracking on it just felt so bizarre. And I think it's because the tires were overinflated. Yeah, the manufacturer spec for my tire and Evan's tire, they're like 40 PSI, which is ridiculous. No one's going to ride at 40. And we don't know, we don't understand why the manufacturer recommends that um, when it's just stupid. Like 32, 36 is perfect. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know what the thought process, if someone knows what the thought process is behind that, please let us, let me know. I I mean, I don't get it. I I usually see the word max in front of it. And so then you know that the highest it'll ever go is going to be that number. But, uh, yeah, I can never, yeah, for some reason they, in my opinion, overinflated them, at least for my little ass. So, (laughs) yeah, so it's kind of weird, but, uh, Part of me honestly felt like the Scout had some kind of twitchy throttle, similar to the FC09. Really sensitive throttle at low speeds. And granted, I was not riding it close to how consumers ride, where literally we had to be right on each other shooting. So when you're riding with someone, regardless of who you're riding with, I mean, Fonzie and I have known each other for a while, but we've never actually ridden together. And it's not like either of us have any, you know, weird clicks or drama, but... 
you have to ride right on top of the person next to you and stay consistent at that and go through corners that way. So hmm. it's it's a little bit like uh, like scary because you you know you've never ridden this with this person and and I'm not so great on my skills. So I'm thinking, please don't do anything bad. Please don't crash. And you're trying to stay in a certain speed and you don't know what the other guy's going because I couldn't, I still have not gotten my Senna um, squared away. So we were trying to match speeds. And so it was a lot of like herky jerky movement. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I did enjoy riding it, but I think some of the low speed stuff might, might need a, might need a little help. I've never, I haven't read any of the reviews on it. So I don't know if it was just me. It's possible. But I know a lot of people who have them and love them, and I definitely, you know, I wouldn't complain if it were parked in my garage. I see. (sighs) Of course. It's a motorcycle. I will ride it. So that was some fun that I had. Why don't you... Oh, I forgot uh, a couple of gear-related things I wanted Uh, to throw out, and we'll we'll post links to these, but I, I posted a couple of post for new with new spring apparel um new Dionese stuff that just came out and new rabbit ladies that came out as well as held they released a ladies glove a really good street glove actually kangaroo full gauntlet all the good stuff um so we'll post links to that yeah really good stuff rabbit actually launched like three new outfits four outfits like for a, women yeah a bunch of new pants wow. new jackets all new stuff and like seven pairs of gloves wow. nobody yeah no one launches as much stuff as rabbit does they launch a ton of stuff for us well i don't know that any other manufacturer has seven pair of gloves total for um women. you know dainese and Alpenstars do but their gloves in my opinion just aren't as good as what rabbit has to offer i the long gauntlet glove, like there might be a racing glove. Forgive me, Dainese, I don't know off the top they of do. my head. They have one coming. Glove. Okay, but typically when I go to Dainese to pick out stuff, I never see long gauntlet gloves. And that's what I always need to have just because my long arms tend to uh, screw up the sleeve length on most jackets. They have. So I use the gauntlet to to be the middleman. They have new. They have a new pair, actually, a new pair for spring coming. And um, Alpenstars also has a new pair out that we actually have in the store. But I'll send you links to those, too. Cool. Um, wow, this is totally brand new. Like, this week brand new. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they just launched. And Alpenstars will be announcing their spring Ooh. stuff soon, too. Alpenstars will be launching in in, a, in the next couple weeks. I can't remember. If you subscribe to the RevZilla newsletters, you will see them. You'll see the email blast mm-hmm. for that. But we'll post links to all this stuff. Oh, I have the men's version. I don't think I have the women's boot. Mm. But yeah. I think I have the torque boot, but men's. Because I got it in December. Oh, yeah. Probably then. So there's a ladies one coming. Which I'm probably going to upgrade to when they come out. When they're available. Yeah, okay. The carbon looked pretty good. Mm. All right. What else is on our list? Um... Hold on. Uh, I was going to ask you. So I I didn't read the full scope of the transition between Cycle Gear and and Revzilla, but I did read something that some press release that Anthony put out. 
Yeah. That said that they retained ownership. Correct. So they called themselves an owner. Yep. So let me see. If we go to Common Tread. So please clarify. I'm going to pull up the um, article because I do not want to say things that are not true. Sure. So there's. But I read that article and I walked away going, huh? <laughs> there's a. Um, a letter, an open letter that Anthony and the partners wrote. It's on our common on Revzilla's Common Tread blog. And if you haven't read Common Tread, it's Revzilla's motorcycle lifestyle um, and story and media outlet. So there's bike reviews there. There's how-to videos there. I have a couple articles I've written about riding there as well. We can link to that. <clears throat> so there's you know this open letter, and uh, we also uh, they also published a FAQ. So it answers all of your questions about what the announcement really is, because the letter that came out two weeks ago was rumor. It was all rumor and conjecture, and there was nothing factual behind it. It was so-and-so has rumored to buy so-and-so without any real backup. So somebody decided to report that as quote-unquote news, and we know how that goes when you read quote-unquote news, and it's not factual. So... If you click on the link that we're going to post, you will see all the answers to this. And um, the main question is, did Cycle Gear acquire Revzilla? No, period. The Revzilla founders and J.W. Childs formed a new yet-to-be-named holding company to be collectively own both businesses as sister companies operating separately. That's pretty much uh, it. You know what? I read this and I think I skipped over the top question. <laughs> so don't qu skip over the questions. Just <laughs> read through them because or otherwise. Or I was just really tired and it just yeah. slammed right through my head and went out the other ear and I yeah. didn't pick up on it. And so, right, the, there you go. so the FAQ has all the other questions you want to know. Are Revzilla and Cycle Gear forming one company? No, period. Both companies will operate independently as two distinct, distinct brands with their own leadership. Anthony, Matt, and Nick will continue to be the C-suite leading Revzilla. Cycle Gear will operate under its own leadership. Revzilla will not be branded Cycle Gear, nor vice versa. So all those questions and more are in this FAQ. Please read them because if you continue to rely on that fake story two weeks ago, you don't really, you're not really, you're not really reporting or sharing the truth. You're sharing. I just read the caption and then yeah. read that and must have hit it so fast. I missed the <laughs> forming a company together. And so I was just like, uh... if you read the letter and if you, you know, kind of break it down, technically Revzilla bought Cycle Gear. I mean, really, because the founders are forming a new holding company and they're going to own part of that company, which is going to own Cycle Gear. So really the opposite. People don't really think about what the... You know, they didn't read it. So read it and you will understand it. The questions are pretty clear. Yeah, basically they're, all, they're you know, partnering up with a company that has owns Cycle totally Gear. taken a new direction, by the way, because that's the one that's run by a woman, correct? What do you mean? Cycle Gear. I thought that was the company where the chairman of the board is a female. Um, I believe it is. But yeah. the holding company owns Cycle Gear. Sure. What people forget sure, sure. is Cycle Gear was sold a year ago. No one cared yeah. because it's Cycle Gear. People forget that. They don't even know that it even happened. It was just not a big deal. I remember I read it and no one was talking about it. So the holding the company that owns Cycle Gear is what is partnering with the uh, new company yeah. that the Brazil well, founders own. You guys need more brick and mortar. <laughs> so that question says here. Um, mm -hmm. will that's, Cycle Gear stores be called Revzilla? No. Will Revzilla open more stores someday? 
JW Childs are retail experts. Retail stores are more of a possibility than ever, but we do not have any immediate plans for retail store expansion. Additional Revzilla stores would have to deliver the Revzilla level of service our customers have grown accustomed to. So mm -hmm. the answer is no. <laughs> and sadly, there are no plans in place for Revzilla to move from Philadelphia for, or for Cycle Gear to move from Benicia, California. Bummer. Yeah, sadly. For you. <laughs> so just, you know, read the story and it's very clear what's happening, which is a business venture. It's, you know, companies buy out companies all the time. And a lot of products and companies that we know are, you know, we know in the motorcycle industry are owned by other companies. They're no mm -hmm. longer private family companies anymore. I mean, there's still a lot of businesses that are privately owned, but a lot of the big names, I mean, the manufacturers, right, are owned by other... Even bigger umbrellas. Yeah. and, and Indian and Victory Polaris, for it, example, and Climb. Indian Victory yeah, and Climb are owned is, by one company. Yeah, Climb is owned by another company. People forget that as well. Mag Group owns a boatload right. of yes. diverse motorcycle yep. Uh, yep. groups. So, no, nothing exciting. I'm st I, my job is still my job. Motorcycle Superstore, <laughs> Burley, yep. all of those, Mag. So nothing exciting. So we'll post links to that um, FAQ. And you got if you subscribe to the Revzilla e uh, newsletters, you probably already you already have that email. So yeah, yep, it's all the same. It's all the same to me. So also <laughs> a, a function of common tread, since you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Is uh, that gal's article about how she moved from passenger to rider? I'll post that. I didn't read through it, so you'll have to. So me. we'll um, we'll throw that link up there. In in the event that you want to uh, hint, <laughs> drop some hints to the significant other <laughs> about uh, get your own, or you know, in the event there's a female with a with a significant other male passenger, mm -hmm. get your own. Mm -hmm. So I thought that uh, that piece was pretty good. Um, Supercross got to go to that. That was fun. I've yet to go to one. I in want last, to. It looks awesome. In the last couple of Supercross, so I went to Anaheim too, and was in a suite, and first in seats, and then in a suite, and then San Diego. I I went down, and uh, the photographer who shot us for the AMA shoot also shoots for Supercross. So he got us uh, press press passes, press box. So we basically had fixed seats in the stands from another friend, tickets, and then bounced around to all the different places we could uh, we could check out the uh, check out the show. So we were in the press box. We were in mm -hmm. the first group of seats, second group of seats with a bunch of other journalists. It was uh, quite quite awesome. To see you know all the different perspectives and the view from the press box is actually pretty kick-ass i know you're enclosed in a room and you have computers and it's not nearly as exciting as being out with the action but the view is almost as good as what you see on television because that's usually what everyone complains about is i'd rather watch it at home because then i can see everything mm -hmm. well in that particular location it's pretty solid for seeing everything at once and nice. um yeah, then got to hop out onto the onto the track when they were doing the final podium for the 450s. So that was fun. Just a really interesting experience. It's the Goldilocks experience. Yeah, I've yet to do a Supercross. They're always on Saturday nights, I think. 
Saturday. Jersey. I think they do them in New Jersey. Or New York, I think they go to Supercross. I just haven't looked at dates. Yeah. Someday I want to get to one. I want to go to the Nitro Circus sometime. That yeah, goes to I Pittsburgh. Yeah, I still have not made it. It looks really fun. You know, stunts, all that good stuff. So I just had the dreaded 25,000-mile tune-up Oh. for the BMW. Oh. And it Eight. needed it. Okay. And uh, and it was eight actually. <laughs> Could have bought a new bike for that. I don't. Are you serious? Eight hundred dollars, not eight thousand. Oh, I'm like, oh my god! You just bought yourself a new bike. Oh no. Yeah, that's although sounds... you can buy a good bike for eight hundred bucks. Did you? I bought a, I bought a runner for three hundred. Did you have a um, valve adjustment? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like valve was... adjustments are always about that much. It was valve time. Yeah. Well, it was valve time, and it was. Sprockets. Clean some obscure parts of the BMW that apparently, when they get dusty, oh. affect the way that the um, that the RPMs and your gear functions. Uh. It's like uh, the stepper motor, oh. and I had had problems with the bike dying close to idle. Oh, and my friend who does not work for BMW but is a licensed BMW technician oh. looked that up and said, "Hey, the next time you're in there trying to troubleshoot, ask him to do this." clean the stepper motor and because of the location of that the guy at the uh my mechanic at the dealership was like oh you know what when you come in when you come in and bring it in for the valve adjustment and the big tune-up we're going to expose those parts so i'll take a look then it'll cost you less so lo and behold he cleaned that and it seems to be running really good which is awesome because i am selling it (laughs) i am done with that bike Hmm. If someone is interested in a twin 650 GS and you're located in Los Angeles, I uh, I can hook you up. I am uh, going to sell that bike, buy, a, buy an older Triumph Bonneville, mm. and at some point get like a single 400 that's street legal that I can use for dual sport short hops. But I think the Bonneville is going to be my my long distancer for now so that's hmm. pretty much the plan there my girlfriend um is in love with her moto guzzi her v7 oh yeah How, although she had to upgrade the suspension and i suspect on the bonnies are you talking about a new bonnie the new no, suspension older mm-hmm. 2005 that, because that. those also have fixed suspensions right from what i understand i'll okay. be learning all about it okay just you know <laughs> Something to look at, because, like, one issue that she had with her Gucci, I mean, although she loves the bike and she loves everything about it, is it's a stock fix suspension. So nothing to adjust except preload. And she weighs, like, a buck twenty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's very, very small. So there's absolutely no compression happening on that rear shock and on the springs or the front either. So the front and rear are just really stiff and not at all meant for her size because if you're a 160 pound man then yeah the bike will respond better mm-hmm. so she threw down about i don't know 1500 bucks for an olin's or i don't know if she did an olin's or not but she did a new rear shock and front forks as well and now she has a bike that's attuned to her her body weight so that the compression and the rebound and the pre you know everything's there um which is one of the reasons i bought my bike because i was tired of living with stock suspension um 
I mean, I could have upgraded it on the last bike, but that's definitely something to think about because it just can ruin the ride, especially on a, on a long distance ride. You know, if the suspension's not built for you or if it's not modifiable at all, something to think about. Because we, we, you and I are both about the same weight, um, mm-hmm. except you're taller. So I don't know. How, I don't know that makes really a difference there. But bikes are not really set up from the factory for us. You know, they're set up for some guy that's 160 pounds. So the spring weights are usually stiffer, and then it gets a little washy back there. Whereas I actually found the stock suspensions on the F uh, F800 and an F650 I rode a while ago were actually not bad, but. Um, you know, just one of those things you want to explore as you're looking at the Bonnie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of cool observations that I was privy to during some discussions and some riding was uh, if you're on a group ride or even if you're riding by yourself mm-hmm. and you happen to crash and you happen to crash in an area that is obscured from the road. So let's say between bushes, in a ditch, somewhere where you don't anticipate the average person driving by will see you. Yep, blind spots. If you were conscious uh, enough, you could remove your glove or remove your helmet and throw it into the road. I never really thought about that before, but Mm. thought, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Because, yeah, and then someone will see you or see something. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Good so idea. I guess what had happened in this story, long story short, is that they were on a group ride and this one guy really wanted to be the leader and get ahead. And and it was his, uh, I think it was his 50th birthday. So that was hmm. the sad part. Mm. <laughs> but uh, long story short, crashed and uh, went over, went over the side a little bit <laughs> of this little mountain they were cruising along. Hmm. And one of my friends was like, hey, what happened to so-and-so? Oh, he's up ahead, and he's like, "I don't think so. I saw his. I saw a helmet. <laughs> oh, in the road, and mm. so they went back and found him, and he needed to be airlifted out of there. And his Jeez. family was uh, also up in that general area, like basically driving along, like national parks, while this guy is on a tour riding along. Oh. And at least they were close by to be able to be with him when he got surgery. But uh, that's nonetheless, a good idea. Learn idea. from that guy and that story. If you are in an obscure place and you need help, uh, feel free to just <laughs> remove clothing that's heavy enough so that you can hurl yeah. and it'll make it into the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's a very that's a really good idea. Yeah, throw gloves, throw if you can. I guess yeah, physically exactly. you can toss if you're something. You're conscious enough. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, if you're conscious enough, totally. And then I then I also learned something real quick too, since I know that your your timing um, is critical. Uh, I did a water crossing, a real minor water crossing. Ooh, how deep? Over, huh? It was nothing, but it was <laughs> over um, concrete. So oh, it was a right. concrete ditch that water routinely flowed over. Okay. And so in those kinds of areas, you obviously want to slow down and you don't want to accelerate through the water crossing because there's a lot of algae or potential for something to be slippery. Okay. So you stay constant speed, just like you're driving, right? No hydroplaning. So Wait, so remember? you maintain your throttle. Yeah, you, you maintain You keep it. it open. You're just not gunning it. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. You're consistent speed through it. Okay. So... 
short segue, remember this video that was floating around Facebook a while back where it was like a small town, I think it was outside of the country, and these guys were on a rally course, and they were on motorcycles, and the townspeople were all standing around, and there was a little water crossing near a corner, and people oh. would either get through the water crossing no. or be in the water crossing, and they fell on their bike. Huh. And most of the guys got through the water crossing, went around the corner, dumped the bike, and these townspeople would come help them pick the bike up, and then they would go off and keep going. Huh. And I kept thinking, why are they crashing? Like, why are they crashing after they go through the water crossing? Case in point, two weeks ago when I went riding. So you keep your constant throttle going <laughs> through that that little water section. Yeah. But you don't want to accelerate right after you get out of the water because apparently what happens is that you could get moss or algae on your tires so that you need to ride a considerable distance in dry before you start cranking on the throttle. Hmm. What I did was the minute I constant throttle through the water and the minute I got out, I pulled back on the throttle a bit and I mean obviously I didn't floor it, but I accelerated and immediately lost the back end. <laughs> oh. Managed to save it, but literally I was totally sideways. <laughs> and I save it, and I pull up to my friend who has stopped, and I'm just, like, laughing, like, uncontrollably. Like, he probably thought I had another concussion. <laughs> and I was like, holy, I almost lost the motorcycle. Thank you. Speaking of that, I just messaged you on Facebook this amazing uh -huh. video I posted like a few days ago and I was laughing my ass off. It's so bad. But it's so fun. You just can't not laugh your ass off because this guy is in the woods and he's approaching the camera and his friends are filming and you can see one other guy on a bike in the background and the guy's on a dual sport bike of some sort, like a small one, like a 350 EXE or, you know, like a little 400cc single dirt bike. And mm -hmm. he's approaching this puddle. So he oh. tries to go through this puddle and he just like flips over into the puddle and then they start. It's funny. It sounds bad, but it's really funny. Because oh. oh. then he's. I don't have the volume on, but all the guys are yes. laying on the ground because they're laughing so hard. <laughs> and he's trying to get out. He's trying to get the bike out of the puddle and it's just. It's a huge puddle. It's, it's like a little pond. I mean, a mini pond. And somehow the other two got around it. I don't know. It's so funny. It's, you oh just can't. God. You just can't stop laughing. And the guy's laughing too. Like, you know, the guy's laughing at himself, and he's trying to. He did a complete submersed header. <laughs> he just high sided and flipped right over the top. I mean, we're talking a a, a short distance, like a foot. Yeah. 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 He yeah. was. But it's, it's like at least a three or four foot deep. Yes, hole. it's huge. And so then... he he buried the front wheel in mud, thinking it wasn't going to be any big deal, and he wasn't going very fast. No, he like was going like or twenty, if or that, less. probably less. But literally, it's like the oh. front wheel came to an immediate stop, and he just pops off and like does <laughs> without the hands, you know, diving then... like basically a dive. But then he gets first. out, and then he walks over to his buddies, and then they say something, and he walks back to get the bike out again, and he falls. Like... It's just like a Benny Hill video. Okay, you probably don't know who Benny Hill is. No, uh, it's like a Mr. Bean skit or, you know, it's just so funny. And it sounds like they're definitely European, like Switzerland or Netherlands or Dutch or German. The, or... the people who posted the video are uh, are Turkish. Oh, okay. So I don't know go. if they're Turkish. Uh, oh, my God. 
this poor guy. Yes, we will definitely try it's to It's so to funny. I watched it twice. <laughs> oh, he's like a pig in mud in his leathers. I feel so terrible. No, I think they're wearing dirt stuff, but... Or, you know, whatever. I mean, textiles or something, but I just... Oh he's so funny. smell. I had to watch it two times. I'm like, this is too good. Oh, it was great. Anyways, <laughs> I hope to avoid water crossings, but... Uh... I'll go through a puddle. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know what's the definition of a water crossing versus a puddle, like a big puddle. Is that you know water crossing if it's big? Like, yeah, that's why I said it's hardly anything. Hmm. I wonder what's the definition of a water crossing. Because there's this ginormous puddle that forms uh, through the navy yard when it's raining, and it's probably like a in circumference twenty feet easily. It's just a little area where water pulls up and. You know, it floods a little bit, so it's a huge, it's a pretty large area, but at its deepest point, maybe six inches, like not like a two foot deep pond or anything, but it's big, but I'll go through it on the bike sometimes. That's about all the experience I have with water crossings. Big puddles. Uh, <laughs> all right. What else do we have? Um... Oh, I want to share the ride that I'm going to be doing. So the only vacations I've planned out this year. Sister's Ride? Is a Sister's Ride. It's sistersmotorcycleride.com. And hopefully you've seen some of uh, mention on it on Facebook. It's a group ride. And it's toured, fully guided. Um, if you pay for the fully guided option. So that means they take you on lovely ride routes. Um, show you really cool attractions. They're going to be stopping at a, a bunch of different really cool parks and museums and things like that along the way and they carry your luggage. And so you have basically a tour guide um, who's going to take you across the United States from Brooklyn to San Francisco and it's to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Van Buren sisters. They were the first two uh, white women to ride on motorcycles on their own motorcycles across country in 1916 and they were actually on Indians I don't know what model they were on but they each had Indians they were sponsored by Firestone Firestone gave them tires for their route but they um, they were trying to generate support for the war effort for World War One they wanted to make a difference in the war effort and contribute something um, so I, I interviewed Elisa about this about 10 episodes ago, and we'll post another link to it. So I'm going to do the New York, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania section, which is July 3rd, which is Sunday before July 4th, and then it's till Thursday. So I'm just going to do the first five days because I can't do the whole thing, which sounds great, but I can't take that much time off. So I will be doing that Sunday to Thursday. So hopefully you will join us. Um, it should be great if you see our Twitter and social posts because um, I'm helping her kind of generate some interest online. Please share share our photos and things. They're on Instagram and Twitter as Sisters Moto Ride and on Facebook as Sisters Motorcycle Ride. So it should be fun. Um, I'm excited. It's the only ride or trip I've planned this year so far. I don't know what else I want to do. So many places I want to go. Not I haven't time. planned anything. Well, like I, I had to go home in January, so mm -hmm. 
there goes a week of vacation gone. And so now I'm just like, what do I, what's more important? Cause there's like five different things I want to do this summer, but I just can't prioritize. Don't know what I want to do. I want to go back to North Carolina. I want to go ride the Smoky Mountains really bad. But then I don't know, there's like so many things going on. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go on the ride, you know, let me know. I'd love to see you. Or if you have more questions about it, check out our or podcast. Or if you want to meet up along the way. Yes, you can do that. Um, certainly to join the ride, you do have to pay to come along. Obviously, yeah. But, but um, meeting up uh, in one of yeah. the stopping points, yes. which will be yes, which will be shared, you know, it's once the, the route's on the site. finalized. Uh, yeah, actually, there there is some info about the major cities on the site. So I will we'll post a link to it. You can see where the ride will be stopping over. One place they will be, we will be, they will be uh, crossing over into is AMA Vintage Days in Ohio. In um, the middle, the end of the week after Fourth of July is uh, Vintage Days. So that's one place I know, but there are more, and we will post a link to that. I have that here someplace. Yeah, should be good. Should be great. I might be in Atlanta. Mm. Um, first weekend in April okay. for the uh, film festival. No. Oh. Unrelated to motorcycling. Oh. Just might go out there for a weekend. Mm. Fun. You're not going to ride. You're just flying out there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Got it. Flying out, flying back. If I get lucky enough to steal a pair of wheels, I might. But mm. I'm really only, like, tentative plan is like a Thursday through Monday. Yeah. Thursday, Tuesday kind of setup. Got it. Yeah, I don't have anything else planned either right now. And since we're like down in the showroom and we need more people in there, like I don't even know when I'll be able to plan another trip either. So that's going to be interesting. Um, oh, yeah. So if you just go to the sisters homepage at the bottom, it lists the main event locations. Brooklyn, New York, Springfield, Massachusetts, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, Pinkerton, Ohio, and Amosa, Iowa. Uh Let's see, Rocky Mountain Motorcycle Museum in Colorado Springs. Oh, Pikes Peak in San Francisco. I'm going to miss the Pikes Peak. Sounds so fun. So, check it out. Hope you can make it. Um, what else? Oh, I know. Hmm. Um, also in your AMA magazine. Oh, I just I, got that. I noticed something. Um... I know that we've talked about medical care outside of the U.S. when you travel. Mm -hmm. And one of the options, if you're an AMA member, is called MedJet Assist. So M-E-D-J-E-T Assist. Hmm. And I don't know if it excludes inside the U.S. and it's only for outside. It's hard to tell. But... Hmm. um. The uh, the deal is pretty good. Cost for AMA members under seventy five is two twenty five, which is forty five bucks off the normal rate. Family memberships available. Motorcycle protection available for another thirty five bucks per bike. Um, so medjetama.com is the website. M e d j e t dot ama dot com. So check it out if you're looking for other options. I think I. I've used um, AAA's outfit that they sourced to you, and that was a pretty good deal. 
it'll run you for like a my trip to Morocco. Really, it's not so much the length as it is the amount of money that you're spending on the large ticket items, such as say hotel or airfare. And basically, I try to look for anything that allows you to be flown out from wherever you are into either your own country or something with adequate facilities, the closest possible location. That can run you a hefty tab if you do not prepare accordingly. Yeah, I wish I could travel internationally and go ride motorcycles. There's a couple of tours I've been invited to. I'm like, um, I wish I had two weeks vacation that I could do that too. And I wish I had $5,000. One of them. Do they invite <laughs> you and then ask you to pay? How does that work? <laughs> no, I just mean like friends are like, hey, check out this tour that we're doing. I'm oh. going on. You should come and sign up like that. Not, gotcha. not, not the owners of the tours, just, just friends. Like Tamil is doing an Italy tour, which looks amazing. Um, post a link to that because it looks really fun. It's like two weeks in Italy. Is it all women? Um, I don't know. That's actually a very good question. Because I know Maybe? there was one last year. I Maybe. Probably. Perhaps. Let's see. Post a link to it. It looks amazing. I've always wanted to ride in Italy. Ever since I visited there, I want to go back and go to the Eichma again and run a bike. And, like ride through, you know, Italy just looks awesome. But yeah, it's some something like that. It might be uh yeah, I think I believe it is a group tour mostly for women riders, but I it looks like partners are also joining that sort of thing. Um but yeah, not this year. Yeah, the Ladies First Magical Italy tour. September 22nd to 30th. Yeah. And it looks like um, it's a supported ride. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And they have, yeah, similar to the sister's ride where it's supported and guided, that sort of thing. So they plan out everything. It looks cool. Yeah, I want to go do that. Oh. So, yep, that's all I've got going on right now. January was kind of a meh month. Nothing terribly exciting. Oh, I get to go have my teeth worked on on Monday, in case you want to know that. Mmm, exciting. <laughs> Getting an implant. I had a root canal a long time ago and crown fell off. I never put the crown back on. I had to go get a bone graft and all this crap and then now I have to get an implant. Get a fake tooth. Yeah, so much fun. I'll be doing that on Monday. And that's about all I got going on for the next couple weeks. Dental work. Hopefully it'll stay mild and we'll go riding again the next weekend. It was really great to go out today. It was so great. There was like tiny little piles of snow in parking lots because usually you know when they plow they'll shove all the snow into one corner of the parking lot and there's still these little piles of snow like sitting around in parking lots while the rest of the streets are dry. It's really weird because you know, if there's a pile of it, it's less likely to melt as quickly, you know. And um, we drove through one of the townships, and they took all the snow, and they plowed it into a park. So the park parking lot is just a mountain of snow. But there's no snow on the roads at all. Like, not, at least not the roads we took. You know, suburban neighborhoods, there's 
there's tiny random piles on sidewalks or a random pile in front of someone's garage, but not like, you know, it's not like blizzard conditions or the roads aren't covered or anything like that. They're bone dry and they're clean. So it's perfect riding conditions. Yeah, no salt. It was just great. Hoping for more riding next week. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was really quickly a lovely lady messaged me on Facebook and is asking me for some advice on r riding her GSXR. Um, she purchased it, it sounds like, as her first bike and she's just trying to figure things out and learn on it and she's has very little experience riding it except to the gym or just locally. It doesn't sound like she's commuting or doing any highway or anything like outside of local city riding on it. And she's, you know, smaller like myself. Um, and just wants to know how she can have a little more confidence while riding it um, or how to build a little bit more confidence while riding it. Um, and I'm really the advice I have for her is the same I give to everyone else, anyone else in the same boat. You know, I'm a little bit shorter. I just bought this bike. It's, you know, it's a big 600cc, whatever. My advice is always the same. You should really consider a smaller bike if, it, if you're having trouble building confidence on it. Um, because really, it doesn't really matter what that bike is per se. Like, if it's a Motoguzzi, if it's a Bonneville, whatever you bought, if you're having trouble gaining confidence on it, it's not the bike for you. Or there's something else going on with it. Um, maybe you don't have the right boots, or, you know, maybe you don't have the right gear. You know, or it's not, the suspension's not right for you. There's something wrong with it that's getting in the way of you learning, figuring things out, and gaining confidence my first piece of advice to her would be consider selling it and buying something that you will learn and gain confidence and become proficient on a lot smoother. Not to say that it's impossible to gain confidence on a GSX-R600. I've met people who bought Hayabusa's as their first bike and they're successfully riding. Hey, good for you. It's just not a common... It's not how most people learn and, and figure things out. That being said, um, you know, her, like really her specific question is, you know, she's nervous when she comes to a stop in traffic with cars behind her and the, the nervousness makes her tendency to stall um, increase. And I, and I get that because you're new and you, you don't, You've never ridden before. You're you're not. You're very new to riding. You don't really know what you're doing. Um, and it looks like when there's no cars, she feels fine. And um, it looks like really the issue is with being in traffic with cars on this bike. Um, so, I mean, I guess her issue isn't really connected to being shorter or being smaller per se but having nervousness, I guess, uh, in traffic because I guess she's just not confident enough to 
navigate. What's traffic? the engine size on that Jixer? Six hundred or six fifty. Yeah, it's kind of a you know a little bit more than I would recommend for a first timer. Me too, but that's always my. I mean, that's everybody's sure. really default answer. But as far as small bikes go, the GSXR is actually pretty tiny. Single um, or twin? It's twin, a twin, right? Actually, no, in, inline four. Um, G6Rs are inline fours. Ooh. And so, yeah, I mean, I remember riding, and it was actually smaller than my SV. I was really surprised by that. It was a little bit lighter, too. Um, so of all of them, I, they're, it's actually a pretty tiny bike. So, I mean, it, it sounds like she just needs more experience. And, and for me, gaining confidence um, in traffic and really just being on the motorcycle really came from the smaller bikes that I rode. Because... For example, the scooter, I knew it didn't matter what happened. If I had to, I could pick it back up and I'd be fine. Or just the fact that it was so little, I knew I couldn't really get myself into a lot of trouble. And after riding it to work a few weeks, it's like, this is no problem. I can handle this. Not a big deal. So part of it may stem from that. Um, I can't, there's not really a solution for that. There's not like a one-stop solution to fix your anxiety issues with the bike. Um, but obviously the bike doesn't really fully make you feel comfortable. And there's something about it that's not giving you the confidence you need. And that's where you may want to reassess what you're riding and if that's really the issue. Um, if it is just a matter of throttle and clutch control, then you should go back to the parking lot and spend like 10 minutes on that, um, really like that really basic exercise that we teach you in exercise number two, where you're riding back and forth across the parking lot and you spend 10 minutes sitting on the bike, not moving and just using the clutch and the throttle. You just rock back and forth for like 10 minutes as you open the clutch and control uh, open the throttle and control your clutch movement to see how far you can let it out before you bring that clutch back in. So part of it for you might just be clutch and throttle control, um, which is great. I mean, if if you, you know if you think really it's just the kind of technical aspect of the bike, you can probably easily overcome that. Um, the other thing I certainly can recommend is to get comfortable with. Make sure you're using your rear brake for the stability aspect, so that when you do start off, it's a little bit smoother when you're starting off and stopping that also hopefully would help minimize the chance of stalling because you have your rear brake on it's a little bit more stable stop and start but I mean I I still stall my bike <laughs> I stalled my bike like a month ago it's just very random I don't know I was just like daydreaming about something at the stoplight and I dumped the clutch it was very random and I just I didn't really realize what I did until I realized I couldn't go so I started up again and left. Whatever. I mean, you know, it's like 10 seconds, maybe five seconds if you stall. Because you can just hit the starter again and go. It's not like you have to turn the key off and do all that stuff in the MSF class. So if you're worried about that, don't worry about that part. You know, just remember that it's just squeezing your clutch, hit the starter again, go. And it's only a two or three, I don't know, five second exercise which is no more than when someone is texting on their phone because you can see them holding their phone up in the rearview mirror and they're not paying attention to the traffic light because they're texting or they're on the phone or whatever. So don't feel bad or, you know, nervous in that sense because cars like are distracted all the time and they're not paying attention to lights and people. So you're, it's no different. 
I mean, just because you're on a bike, it's not any different. So good luck with that. I was behind the slowest person of all time from Oregon today. <laughs> See? I actually pulled over In a car? on our ride. Yeah. <laughs> pulled over on our ride to um to let him get to let her actually get further ahead of us just so I could go slightly over the speed limit yeah <laughs> or even the speed limit because it was all twisties it's not fun if you're going 20 uh, miles an hour no. breaking all the time no so even after waiting a couple minutes on the side of the road and continuing we still caught up and we were reaching a point where they had narrowed the street down to one lane and we're using flaggers and i thought to myself you know if i end up next to this person stopped somewhere I'm going to ask her whether or not her destination includes Los Angeles today, because if it does, I absolutely uh, advise her to not get anywhere near that city because of the way she drives. <gasps> I don't know. Five to ten miles below the speed limit, and she hits the brakes every time she sees a corner. Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, I had a couple of those today. There's like this one very short little section of this route number called 202. And um, it, it's like maybe a half mile of a really nice paved twisty section. And the whole time this Buick or something is just crawling. There's no way to pass them. And it's just at that point, all I can do is just ride one handed. So at least I have something to do. Yeah, it's about the extent of my riding today. Very, very casual. Hopefully next week I can do like a real ride, what I call a real one. I can actually go out and find some roads. But it was fun at least to get out and see my friends, so that was really nice. Thank you, Lambertville uh, Trading Company. You have very good hot chocolate. Mm. Yep. I make their hot chocolate and spice it. It was very good. Mm. Yep. I can think of a few things I'd like to do to hot chocolate. Yes, it was very delicious. Alrighty, I have to go take a shower. I smell. Supposed and to off to dinner. Supposed to meet someone, so I should probably smell good. All right, friends. Hopefully, we brought you enough news and things to chat about. Um, we will try to meet you again in two weeks. See how things. I'll be around. Nothing terribly exciting going on. I will be home. So, hopefully, we can connect again. It's like March sixth or seventh, maybe. In the meantime, come visit us on our Facebook page, on Twitters. You can find us at GearChick and ADV Goddess and at Motorific.com. Um, let us know if there's anything you want to chit-chat about. I think the only thing I saw that people wanted to talk about was Revzilla Cycle Gear, blah, blah, blah. Um, what else? Until then, I don't know, have a really great week. <laughs>